How many of you have ever been to a Bible study? Let's see a, hand, a show of hands. Okay, with your hands still up, how many of you at that Bible study thought you learned everything there was to know that one time? Okay, good. That's, a, that, that's like filling your car once with gas and thinking you're done. And so the, I had Roxanne sort of change the reading this morning. That's not really on her. And, and my wife was sitting there going, is she going to read the whole chapter? I said, no, she's not going to read the whole chapter. She's keeping it so that I don't have to read the whole chapter. But I'm not going to. As, as we do this, I want you to notice a few things about understanding what it means and why the feeding of the 5,000, right? So Jesus feeds them, and he goes across the lake, and they're all thinking, well, he fed us in the desert. This must be the one. Let's go make him king over us. And, and how that actually isn't, I want you to recognize that Jesus doesn't accept that kind of kingship for himself and doesn't want us to have such a shallow understanding of what it means to be king of somebody's heart, and so he turned them down. Actually, in some ways, at the next week's scripture, sent most of them away. I want you to recognize that that understanding is I saw something, and I'm on the mountaintop, and I thought it was so fabulous, I just want to stay on the mountaintop is not actually a Christian viewpoint in a lot of ways. The Christian, the true Christian viewpoint is of this constant need and So like he feeds us in the desert. When Moses, I'm going to ask you for some Old Testament storyline stuff. When Moses arranged for manna to show up for them, I'm not saying Moses did it. They were complaining. They complained. They said, oh, it was, we should, it was so exciting going through the Red Sea, but now we're out here without any food. It would have been better for us to stay in Egypt and be slaves. At least we had onions there. Do you see how the mountaintop experience of going through the Red Sea didn't change their heart? It would be better for us to have died as slaves than come out here and experience that. In Jesus' time, they were out in the desert and they were all hungry and Jesus feeds them. They go, this is the one, let's go make him king. But they didn't give any thought to what that kingship or kingdom might need to be. So I'm going to go and read some more. I want you to notice that in the Christian understanding, there is a link in us. And the reason I brought in Bible studies and about feeding and all this stuff is there's a link between teaching, hearing. So if there's a teacher and you hear the word, then you get the word inside you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you see? If there's a teacher and there's hearers, then there's teaching that's heard and the, and the teaching goes inside you. That, that's, that's pretty much how that works. It's the same line as though there's feeding and eating. And then I'm going to throw another word in here, sacrament. So sacrament. How many of you know what a sacrament is? It's a $5 theological word, isn't it? It means that as you come into a moment, there's a long definition of sacrament, and if I went into my Bible or into my dictionary in 
in my computer it says, a religious ceremony or ritual regarded as imparting divine grace, such as baptism or communion. Now, from a slightly less non-Roman Catholic viewpoint, a, a sacrament can be understood as a moment where grace from God comes and meets you where you're at. And so it can be communion as the symbol of how God feeds us, or baptism, how we and God become one and unified. In the waters, we bury you as Christ was buried from the dead. As he was risen, we we raise you. In the name of the Father, Son, that's baptism a picture of how grace is imparted. But it's more than that. How many of you have ever had a moment where you just knew God was nearby and you knew, yeah, and you were, all, you were overwhelmed for a while by that? While you're sitting there praying and sort of talking and communing with God, that can be understood as a sacramental moment as a sacrament where grace comes into your life. Sometimes when you're praying and you remember one of those moments and it comes back and it's so bright and regular in you, it's the same thing. Let's go back to the story. We're right at the point in the story where Jesus has fed them and left and his disciples, his disciples going, well, he's not here, let's get out of here. And they cross the, cross the lake, and they get in trouble. Right? They're, they sit there, it's dark. And then Jesus comes across the water and says, don't worry, don't be afraid, I'm here. They rode, and suddenly saw Jesus walking toward the water on the, toward the boat, and they were terrified, but he called out to them, don't be afraid. I'm here. Why are they afraid? Would you be afraid if somebody came walking out to you on the water? Just put yourself in their shoes for a moment. Aside that, it's God who parts the water. It's God who controls the seas. It's only God that can do this stuff. The next day, the crowd stayed on the far shore, and they saw that Jesus hadn't gone with the disciples. So they're keeping pretty close tabs on people. And they come around the sea, and they said, Rabbi, how did you get here? Here we are. I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous sign. Not because you understood the miraculous sign. Have any of you ever had a miraculous sign happen in your life and you didn't understand it? Okay, right there with them. This is just standard human fare. Don't, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the, his seal of approval. They replied, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Now, there's an interesting point. I I don't just want to stand on the mountaintop anymore. Now I want to do the work of God. That's a good thing. This is the only work God wants from you. 
Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. Now at this point, you should be feeling almost neck strain from whiplash. Didn't he just feed them? Weren't they all just sitting there witnessing? And I know, I know that sharing food from this young boy is an amazing thing, and, and, I've, and I've heard some of you say, sometimes just getting people to share is a miracle. <laughs> yeah, but they just came across the water. How did you get here? Look, you, you're not interested in this. But do the work of God. Show us the work of God that we might believe in you. Oh, we have to believe in you. Show us another miracle. All they're doing is asking for another sign. I need you to know that this is a bad spot to be in. If the Christian life is all about sign after sign after sign, how will you ever know if you get there? If you're going to Spokane and you're looking at the road signs and they say Spokane ahead, how will you know you get to Spokane? Will there be a sign that says entering Spokane? Yes, there is. Do you know where it is? Francis on division. How long have you been in Spokane when you see the sign that says, Welcome to Spokane? <laughs> you've, been in, you've been what what feels like Spokane. I need you to understand the reason we do Sunday school isn't to go to class to learn something. It's to continually recognize that we need constant feeding. The Christian life is not a one-off. I did that once. I said a prayer once, and I'm all done now. That is not the Christian life. You enter. That's like entering the doorway. When you go to somebody's house, do you lurk in the doorway? I use the word lurk on purpose. You lurk in the doorway. You just stand there so they can't shut the door. That's what saying that prayer and not doing anything else is sort of like, come on into the house. Be welcome. That's what he says. Come into this life that we're, I'm giving you. Believe and trust in me. But, but our problem is, is that we don't trust well. And we have to learn a new system of trusting. And we get fed out in the desert. We get this communion. The reason we do communion consistently is because we need constant feeding. And sacraments are a picture that not just that we needed, we needed to turn to Jesus once, but we need to do it all the time. That's what he's talking about here. I want to say this again. So I'm going to go back over this stuff. I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous sign. I want you to understand here that it's really a big deal to not demand a sign, but recognize that when you've been given a sign, you don't stand under the sign and go, man, I love the sign. Spokane, 16 miles. You pull off the road and you go, 16 miles to go. No, the sign says, keep going. That's where you're going. But don't confuse the sign for the source. Don't confuse the feeding of the 5,000 with the Savior. 
Don't confuse communion with actually continually coming to the Savior. Don't get confused on that. Don't get confused with the mountaintop experiences of your life and say, I just want to stay there. That must be heaven. Oh, there, oh it's a neat place. But I got to tell you, you don't get you don't get deep only sitting on mountaintops. You don't. You got to come down the hill and you've got to experience God's work in your life in the non-mountaintop moments. I would tell you I think it's actually a little easier to see him in the non-mountaintop moments. When everything's going great for you, it's really easy to sort of not notice God at work. Until you go, oh, wow, that was super cool half an hour ago. But when you're in the depths of a struggle and God is there with you, that's a sacred moment. Almost more than the mountaintop experience. In this commentary on the Gospel of John, there's this moment in here. And I want to read it from the commentary so you know I'm not just making up this thought process. The crowd has enjoyed the effect. The effect of what? The crowd has enjoyed the effect of the food, right? He filled my belly. That's the effect of the food. But they failed to see the sign. And the effect of all such effects is transient. Every time when you come to do something, it's transient in your life. Have you noticed that? Your paycheck is transient. Your gas tank is transiently filled. Some of your gas tanks last longer than others. You still have to refill them. The hungry man is fed, but he hungers again. A sick person is healed, but they'll still die. The victim of oppression is delivered, but he becomes the slave of another principality and power. These visible acts of liberation are not made the prime object of desire and labor. They are signs that point toward the gift that is never exhausted. For example, we're just a couple of months past Christmas. Do you still remember Christmas? Anybody have a present with some really nice wrapping paper? A present you didn't buy for yourself, that you didn't know what was in it. When you opened it, did you just get all excited about the paper and set the box aside? The feeding of the 5,000 is about like this. Let me continue to the text. Let's open the box and get what's inside. I tell you the truth. Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you and what you can do. After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I, or wait, I skipped a verse. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. I am the bread of life, 
Jesus replied. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. But you haven't believed in me even though you've seen me. Just think about that for a second. They ate. They wanted to make him king. But he's saying that you haven't believed in me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. For I came down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of those he has given me, but that I should raise them up on the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should should have eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Church, let's figure out how to get past the wrapping paper of Christianity and see the grace and the gift that's inside the box. It's so much more than whether or not you get juice and crackers on a Sunday or a little piece of bread to dip in the juice. But that is a symbol, a a sign, the wrapping paper on how we understand the gift that he's already given us, that when we trust him and he puts life in us, it is sustenance. Why do we do Sunday school, church? Because we need to know more about what's in the box. We don't look to the, the Bible and say, oh, we worship the Bible. No, we read the Bible to find out where the life is from. Jesus even says this to them. You search the scriptures thinking in it you find eternal life when all the scriptures point to me. Let's not get distracted about what the wrapping paper is and what's inside the box. Sacramental moments are really a big deal because they help us remember that it's about the box, not the moment. It's about what's in us. And he has come that we might have life. That's what bread and manna and daily bread give us. Our daily bread is about, not about making sure our bellies are full, but making sure that we're living this life. Come on, church, let's do that. Let's not spend too much time with the wrapping paper. But let's get inside. I think of this. This is just the funny thing. So we have cats, so the best part about the wrapping paper is when it's a ball. Right? Isn't that the best part with cats? Because they, then they've got toys, and then they bat them underneath something or whatever. But that's what the wrapping paper is for. Even communion is wrapping. Unless you meet him there. If you meet him there, every place you meet him is a big deal. This is what it means to, be, to have a teacher to hear and receive the word. When we're being fed, we eat and we have him inside. Feeding, eating, Sacrament, teaching, learning, 
the word of God within us. Give us this day our daily bread. That's the Christian life. Let's open the box and dig in.